we go to scripture today. Thank you for being patient during this time. We've had a lot going on in our service today. And so we're going to the, the book of Ephesians today. If you open your Bible, if you don't have a Bible, in fact, I'm going to purchase some Bibles. For those that don't have Bibles and our guests, I'm going to give Bibles away. That's the greatest thing that you can give away. You can give away the Word of God. But Ephesians chapter 6, and I want to read one verse of Scripture. Now, within the sermon, there'll be several verses on the screen. Because the Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of Christ. And so today, I've titled this message. In fact, the Lord spoke to my heart. I wasn't studying necessarily in the book of Ephesians. I've been reading in it, but really not. I preached some messages in there, but really not digging deeply like in the whole book. But I was, I was going through my day last week, and this, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said these words, you need to tighten the belt of truth. It was just that clear, that, clear, that quick. It was just, you need to tighten. And I knew what the Lord meant. I knew what the Holy Spirit meant. The church needs to tighten the belt of truth. I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about how we can tighten the belt of truth. I'm going to tell you what the scripture teaches about what the belt of truth is. And we're going to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, what I know is about preaching and about people listening. I've done this for decades. And I can tell you this, that, that many times during our week, we're so inundated with secular things and things that our hearts are not as receptive as they need to, to be. But I want you to let the Holy Spirit plant this seed of his word in your heart on soft soil. I want you to grab it. I want you to focus in here with me because I believe this is a message for our church during this time. Now, before I read this verse, I'm going to tell you a quick brief story. And I don't usually tell a lot of these personal stories, but I'll just tell you because I think it's applicable. And that is, I, was, I play golf, and you know that, and I was playing golf on Friday. And I, I have some gentlemen that are a little older than me that, that I play golf with. I have for years. And so this one golf course is really expensive. You know, I'll ex- not really expensive, expensive for me. But uh, so because these guys are seniors, and I'm not a senior yet. Come on, say amen. I'm not a senior yet. So, and I went in there and I told the guy, I said, man, I don't like playing here. I said, you guys get the seniors discount. I don't get anything here. And so I went in and I had my mask on and I guess I look old from here up. I don't know. But, uh, so I had my mask on and they said, uh, they looked and they said, do you get a senior? Are you a senior? And I said, no, I'm not a senior. I said, uh, and the guy next to him said, well, that's an honest man. And I said, well, I'm a pastor. And I said, I don't think my congregation would appreciate me lying. And then the guy said, oh, you're a pastor. He said, I'll give you the clergy discount. I thought, yes, yes. And so I went back outside to my senior friend, said, got my senior discount. Pays to be honest, right? Pays to keep the belt of truth on. Let's look at this verse today. Ephesians 6, 14. Stand therefore. That means take a strong stand. I mean, the church shouldn't be wishy-washy. We should take our stand in Jesus. How do we take our stand? Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. It says you've got to gird your waist, gird your loins with truth. Now the Amplified says it like this, and the Amplified gets it right here. Look at this. Stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins. We need to tighten the belt of truth today. And Father, I ask you to bless us 
in this word. Lord, as we go through your word, as we open your word, give your servant an anointing. Give us help today. Lord, I believe you're speaking to us. And I pray that every heart would be receptive. Lord, it's your body. I pray blessing on this message today that it would bear fruit and your will would be done. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Now, I'm going to share something with you that came to my heart as I was reading this. I believe it was from the Holy Spirit. That is, I mean, you know, the Holy Spirit's our teacher, is he not? And so I was reading through this and... and as I was hearing the word of the Holy Spirit to me and, and, and looking at this verse of scripture, and it dawned on me that every time I've ever looked at this verse, and I, I think that you're going to agree with me on this, that every time you've looked at the armor, all the armor, you know, the, the belt of truth, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, etc., all the armor, all the armor, when you look at that, you think, okay, I need to put on the helmet. I need to have the sword. I need to have the shield. I need to have the belt of truth. But then I begin to realize something. I realize, first of all, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, you need the armor on. Because really, the armor is Jesus, really. And it's who he is in his grace to us. But you realize the book of Ephesians is a book about the church as a whole. It's about the body of Christ. And I realize what the Lord was saying to me. The Lord was saying to me, and I think saying to us today, we as the body need to tighten the belt of truth on today. Does that sound right to you? I believe it does. We need to have on the church, we need to tighten the belt of truth upon us. Personally, yes. And here's why I say, but corporately. Because as you look at the book of Ephesians in the second chapter, in the 15th verse, here's what it says. Having abolished... In his flesh, the enmity, that's Jesus, hang on the cross, that is the law of the commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself, notice this, say it with me, one new man, one new man. Now, the one new man is not one man. The one new man is the entirety of the body of Christ, both Jews and Gentiles, united together in faith in Jesus Christ our Lord. What is it? It's the church. And I looked at that verse and began to think about it. And I believe the Holy Spirit said to me, I'm talking to the whole church. The church needs to tighten up the belt of truth. And I'll tell you what that means in a moment. Now, so let's get, let's be clear about what the Lord's talking about here. To gird up your loins or to tighten the belt. It means to bind something tightly around you for the purpose of, for, for getting ready for action or strenuous labor. You know, you know, we wear trousers, but in that day, even the soldier had the girdle and, the, and, and even men wore dresses. I don't want to wear no dress. I never desired to wear a dress, but that's what they wore. They wore the dress and when they needed to move quickly or they needed to do strenuous labor, they would have to tuck the edge of that up in the belt so that it wouldn't be in the way. They had to get the clutter out of the way. You know, we have to get the, if we're going to serve the Lord, we got to get the clutter out of, out of our lives. Come on. So we've got to, to, to gird up is to tighten is what it means. Now, the belt of truth, what is, what is that? And I always wondered, because later on in the armor, it talks about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And yet here it talks about the truth, the belt of truth. So what is this? Well, Truth is, is, refers to truth. It refers to the truth of God. It refers to the truth in Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, anywhere the scripture speaks on a subject, it is authoritative and it is final. 
We do not believe in relative truth. We don't believe in this modern, your truth, well, that's your truth, and this is my truth. No, people are going to have to wake up one day, and they're going to realize there was one truth, and it is the truth of the Word of God. Do you know today we are studying a treasure? We're going to talk about the belt of truth, and it is, it is in a sense, the content of truth. It is reality. It is absolute truth. It doesn't change. We have the truth today. We have the mind of Christ. Now, we're going to get to vote in November. And you are more qualified to vote than anyone on the face of the earth. Why? Because Corinthians says, we have the mind of Christ. I know what God thinks about abortion. I know what God thinks about marriage. I know what God thinks about uh, us obeying laws and these kinds of things. When I go to the booth, we vote the Bible. Get as close as you can. No, it's not going to be like a voting on a pastor but you vote as close as you can. Let's be salt. Come on, let's be light in the world. Let's make a difference. Let's get the salt out of the salt shaker. I heard a statistic this last week. Half the evangelical Christians in America, or in California rather, are not even registered to vote. Do you realize that if everyone that named the name of Jesus voted, we could vote someone in every single time? It'd be no, no doubt. So well, we'll leave that. So here's the thing. Here's what it is. The belt of truth is this. It is believing the truth and then living out that truth honestly in your life. The belt of truth is, is knowing the truth and living it out. I walked up to the guy at the golf course and I told him, I said, you know, I can't lie and get the discount because that would be the belt of truth just fell off. We need to tighten the belt of truth in the church. You got it? Got where I'm going? I'm going to tell you how to tighten the belt of truth. Here's, the, here's a biblical illustration. Here comes Nathaniel, and Jesus sees him. And Jesus said of Nathaniel in John 1, 47, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him. And he said, behold, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. In other words, Nathaniel had the belt of truth on. He had the truth, and he was living the truth. He wasn't a deceitful person. There wasn't guile in his heart. There wasn't duplicity in his life. But you know, remember the great King David? David lost the belt of truth. When he sinned with Bathsheba, when he had Uriah, her husband, murdered. And the Bible said Nathan came to him and confronted the king because he didn't have the belt of truth on. And he told him a little story. He actually, he actually caught David. So here's David, and he's the king of supposed to be the righteous nation of Israel. I mean, the Lord is their God. The Lord, the Lord Jehovah is their God. God chose David from the sheep pen. God anointed him. He was a man at one time who, who had a God in his heart. He, obey, he looked for a man who would obey him from the heart, a man after his heart. That means a man who will obey him. And David had the belt of truth on. But then one day, listen to me, one day he was looking on the internet, went to the wrong website, don't get me preaching now. Come on. I'm talking about Jesus at home. And David began to look. See, same sins that we're, folks are facing today are the same sins that there's always been. David began to lust. David acted on those desires. David committed adultery. David schemed about. See, when you and I don't have the belt of truth on, instead of living openly in the light, we become schemers. We become play actors of religion. Worst thing we can ever do is think we have learned how to worship God. God is looking for clean hearts. He's looking for honest hearts. 
Now listen, nobody's ever lived a perfect life except one. Shout his name to me. His name's Jesus. But listen, we can live for him. Why? We have the Holy Spirit. We've been delivered from sin. But, that, but you know the little story that Nathan told David. And David, you know, about the sheep. The rich man had many sheep. The poor man didn't have many sheep. The rich, someone visited the rich man. He went and took the poor man's one little lamb. And, and David was enraged, you know. But what, what he didn't know, Holy Spirit had David's number. Holy Spirit knows what we do in the light. He knows what we do in the dark. He knows what we do when behind closed doors. And if we're going to have the belt of truth on, we have to live honestly before God in every part of our lives. So finally, it says this after David or after Nathan told him the little story. So David, David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. I mean, Nathan told a made up story and David gets mad and David's living an ungodly life and he's not even mad at himself. How self-righteous we can be. Come on. How phony we can be. And then some of the greatest words in the word of God. Here's David getting all mad and all worked up emotionally. And and then Nathan says, as the Lord lives. Or David said, as the Lord lives, that man shall die. And then Nathan said in verse 7. And Nathan said to David, you are the man. You are the man. Those four words dropped on David like a ton of Holy Ghost bricks. His eyes were open. How I many you know we need some preachers that can open some people's eyes? We need some ministry that'll wake people up from their deception and from their darkness and from their duplicity to wake them up that Jesus can break that sin. We need light today. And David, the, the belt had fallen off of David. And then we have some psalm. Now think about this. This is an introduction. I'll get into the meat of this. Because I'm going to tell you how we can tighten the belt. But we have some psalms. Psalm 32 and Psalm 51 are around this time when David is repenting. And here's what the psalmist said. Psalm 32. Blessed is, is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man in whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent... David knew there was sin in his life, right? David knew there was something wrong. He knew that he wasn't walking with God, but he kept silent about it. Instead of running to God and asking God for his mercy, aren't you glad he's abundant in mercy? He kept silent. And notice what happens when we let the belt of truth fall off. Look at this. My bones grow old through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. Selah. I acknowledge my sin to you. My iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Selah. And then Psalm 51 verse 6. Here's the belt of truth. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden part, you make me to know wisdom. David lost that, didn't he? How many believe in the church today? We need to tighten the belt of truth up. I saw this in Isaiah. Now, this doesn't speak of God's people. But, here, but, this, but you see these metaphors and these visual pictures and these word pictures. When the Lord was going to summon an enemy like, like uh, Babylon or Medo-Persia. And here it was Assyria. And here's what he said when they were coming. Here's what it talks about the soldiers. And by the way, we're in a warfare metaphor in, in Ephesians 6. 
But here's what he said, Isaiah 5, 27, of those soldiers, no one will be weary and stumble among them. No one will slumber or sleep, nor will the belt of their loins be loosed, nor the strap of their sandals be broken. This belt, we need this belt of truth. Look what it says of Jesus. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins and faithfulness the belt of his waist. The church of Jesus Christ in America is facing tremendous battles on many fronts. It's, we're in a warfare. And one of those fronts is that the enemy is, you know, the Bible in Ephesians 6, it talks about we wrestle. And wrestling is hand to hand. And what I think the enemy's doing, he's wrestling with the church. He's wrestling with pastors. And what he's doing in the wrestling match, this young man over here wrestles. Keller wrestles for a college. And I can tell you, you start wrestling and they're trying to get a hold here. What the enemy's trying to do is grab the belt. He wants to pull the belt away from us. He wants to loosen the belt of truth from the church. And this morning we need to tighten the belt of truth at Trinity Life Church. One of the ways that we've seen many years throughout many decades now of the enemy trying to loosen the belt, just several illustrations or, or several manifestations of this. One is a, a lack of biblical preaching in many churches for, in favor of psychological preaching. Which is not, what's the difference? One is Christ-centered, the other's man-centered. One focuses on right now, the other focuses and said, get ready for eternity. One is your best life now, the other calls to deny yourself now so that you can live in eternity with Jesus. There's a difference. Another way we've seen this belt of truth being, being pulled at is it, for, for some years, and thank God that's changing, less significant doctrinal themes in our worship songs. About 10 or 15 years ago, I noticed that the songs were so shallow and, and just there was no, it wasn't anything about the blood or about the coming of Jesus or about uh, Jesus, our healer and our coming king and our, our, our wonder worker. It just became almost like little pop songs. But I've noticed here in the last many years that more you hear more and more about the Holy Spirit, about the coming of Jesus, about the nature of Christ. And I'm very, very grateful for those things. Another way you see the enemy pulling at the belt of truth is we, we hear a lot of mixing of cultural, cultural issues with kingdom of God issues, trying to harmonize the true, and it becomes another gospel. It becomes a social gospel. It becomes a self-help gospel. It becomes a prosperity gospel. It becomes an always lead to heaven gospel. It becomes a unity gospel, trying to fit it all together. It even can become a mystical gospel, but it's not the gospel. He's pulling at the belt of truth. Paul said this, and he warns us in Corinthians. He says, if anyone comes and preaches another Jesus whom I have not preached... Or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received. Or if a different gospel from which you have not accepted, you put up with it. So notice here, he said, somebody can come and say, hey, I'm preaching, but it's not the Jesus we're talking about in the word of God. It's a different spirit and it's a different gospel. We need to tighten the belt today. And, and metaphorically, what is that? 
It's, it's really, it, it encompasses a lot of the Christian life and the Christian ministry. It, it, it encompasses the way we think. It encompasses what we believe in, how we see our world, the way we live our lives, the way we speak our words. This is warfare metaphor. And this, if you could put that graphic up of the soldier, it's a, Paul is talking about a Roman soldier. And, and he has the belt tightened and he's got the, the sword, the sheath there. And he's got the, 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 the sword that goes in there and hangs on that belt. You see it. He's, that's what he's talking about. That belt of truth. So there's two things that I want you to think about today. Just two points. And, and number one is this. As I've said several times, the belt of truth must be tightened. Because the enemy's pulling at it, trying to loosen it. He's pulling at it. It's under attack. Do you realize the very first attack that ever came from Satan was against the word of God? The very first attack was against what God had said. The Bible said that the serpent showed up to Eve and the first thing he said, he, he came in with a fiery dart of doubt. Has God really said that? Has God really said, has God indeed said that you shouldn't do and touch this or eat, eat this? And then he denied the word of God. You shall not surely die. Doubt leads to denial. He attacked the belt. He attacked the truth of the word of God. How do we tighten the belt? Don't you believe we need to tighten it? I think I've proved my point here. We need to tighten it. How do we do it then, pastor? I'm going to give you several ways of how that I think we can tighten the belt in our lives and in our church. Number one is this. We tighten the belt by honoring. When we honor the word of God in the church and in our lives, it, the, the belt gets tighter. When we honor the word of God. Do you realize that this is not just a good book? This is a God book. I don't know that any of us, myself included, really understand the weight of what God has given us in these wonderful 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. This, is, this doesn't contain the Word of God. This is the Word of God. It's all the Word of God. Do you understand that this is a supernatural book? We hold a supernatural book that unites us with a supernatural salvation and redemption of Jesus Christ. We need to honor this. It says that men in Timothy and Peter, it said that God spoke as men were moved by the Holy Spirit. God moved on men like the Apostle Paul, who wrote 13, probably 14 books if you include Hebrews. And I think he probably wrote Hebrews. Levi or Matthew, Mark, which is the gospel of Peter, actually. Mark wrote it down. John, God moved on these men to give us the word of God. Timothy said all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means it's God breathed into them and they were inspired and they wrote down what God wanted them to write down. This is an amazing book. I mean, this has been attacked for years and years and years. Just the unity of the Bible is miraculous. How can... How can you have a 1,600-year period about 40 different authors, many of them didn't even know each other, if, we, if I told you today, we're all going to go home and write about whatever, the Titanic, and we came back, just in one week's time, none of us would agree on certain things. Some would be wrong, some would be right, some would emphasize this. How can you have such an incredible unity because God wrote this book? An amazing book.
supernatural. We tighten the belt when we honor the word of God. We honor it. You know, many times, and I haven't lately, I need to get back into the habit. When I would read the text, I would have everyone stand. I need to get back into that, don't I? Would you agree? Just stand for that moment when we read the word of God. And forgive me that I haven't done that. We, We tighten the belt in the church when we honor the word of God. Secondly, we, we tighten the belt when we study it. When we study the word of God, Peter said this, grow in grace and in the knowledge, the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory in both, both now and forever. Amen. So there's some areas of growth. One is grace. That's the graces. We all need to grow in the graces. What is the Love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. But we also need to grow in knowledge. We need to know the Word of God. We should be studying the Word of God. There's time for preaching and there's time for teaching. There's time for reading. A lot of times I'll read large portions of Scripture. I'll read a, I'll just sit down and read a whole book of the Bible. But then there's times when you begin to dig down. What does that word mean? What does redemption mean? What, is, what did Jesus mean when he used the word hell? What did, he, what did he mean when he said this? And we begin to get maybe a commentary out or we get a concordance and we look at words, what they mean. And, and we begin to study. What we do is we, we tighten the belt in our lives when we study it. And you mark this down. Any church where the congregation doesn't have a time where they study the Bible is going to be a weak congregation. We're going to have our building. We're going to have more space for classrooms and for Bible studies and for seniors classes. I know, Brother Bob, you're looking forward to get... Bob has probably got so many teachings that he's almost ready to explode. We have a wonderful class for our seniors. But if a congregation will not study the word... Now, listen to me. Are you listening? Say amen. I love to worship. I love to shout. I love to praise the Lord. I love to be emotional in his presence. But there has to be a time when we slow down and we discipline ourselves and we open up the word of God and we say, let's see what God, let's absorb it. We honor and we tighten the belt when we study the word of God. Timothy said this, this is the NLT, work hard. That's the word diligent. In the old King James, it said study, but it doesn't mean like study. It means be like, be diligent, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. We want to receive his approval. We don't want to stand before him and go, hey, people around the world didn't have one Bible. In China, most of them don't have one Bible, and yet you've got 10 Bibles and four commentaries, and you've never cracked them. God's not going to be pleased with that. But then it says, be a good worker who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly explains the word of truth. You as a Christian need to be proficient at some level, even at a very elementary level. You need to be able to teach the word of God. Every Christian should be able to teach. You need to teach your children. You need to have the plan of salvation so that you can teach your family. You can lead your coworkers to Christ. We need to study. And as we study, we tighten the belt. Here's another way we tighten the belt. Obedience to God's word tightens the belt. When we obey the word of God, it tightens the belt. Now look at this. Last week, Brother Reese did a wonderful job preaching on the, the foundations of the, of in, in Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27, where that one who heard the word but didn't obey it built the house on the sand. Remember? 
Then somebody who hears the word and obeys the word, they build their house on the rock. And the storms come against both houses, but one stands and the other does not. Do you realize that if we just come to church and hear the word, and we don't apply it to our marriages and to our morals and our money and our lives, we're building on sand. And when the storms come, they're going to they're shake us and we're going to be pushed away. But when we obey the word of God, that belt is tightened. And the Bible says, now notice what... Ephesians chapter 6 verse 14 says, stand, tighten that belt. If the belt's not tight, as soon as the enemy pushes against you, you're gone. He's going to push you over. He's going to put you in whatever the moves are, Kella. I don't know what all the moves are. I see them on TV beating each other up. Never wanted to do that, by the way. I like to just hit that golf ball and let it go. I don't want anybody squeezing on me, hitting on me. Come on. Amen, guys. Amen. All right. But listen. When the belt of truth is loosened, all the other armor falls off. You understand? All the, every, the, it starts with the belts. If the belt's not tight, all the other armor doesn't work. Look at this. When the belt is not tight in the church, evangelism goes out the door. You can't share Christ when you're not committed to him. You don't even want to. Because a Christian is not committed to Christ, they're focused on all kind of stuff. They're consumed with the world. They don't even think about lost souls. Why? The belt of truth just fell off. Prayer goes out the door. We can't talk to God when we're living at a distance from him. David wasn't talking to God. The Bible said, David said, I kept silent. When that belt of truth is loosened and we're not walking in the faithfulness and the integrity of our hearts, we're, we know the truth, but we're not walking in it. You can't pray. You don't even want to pray. You're afraid. Oh, I don't want to talk to God. I know I've got this stuff in my life. Holy living is lost because you can't live for God unless your heart's sincere. The Lord's not interested in religious activities. He's interested in hearts that are humble and honest and tender before him. I'm telling you, we need to tighten the belt of truth in sincere obedience. Here's another way to tighten the belt, and that's this. Do you realize when you share the word of God with others, when you share the good news of Jesus with others, guess what happens? That belt becomes tightened. I read a story this week of a little church family group, a group in the church. They were, they were I guess, going to go out and share Christ and knock on doors, and some of them were really apprehensive. You know, what if I get some doors slammed in my face? But they all did it. They just they, 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 they buckled up and they just went out and the group spread out and you know two by two and they would knock on doors and say, hey, we're, we're building our church. We'd love to have you come and join us. And then maybe the Lord would open the door for witness and they would share Christ. And then they all came back. Instead of all being defeated, they were energized at sharing their faith. The belt of truth had been, had been tightened. They were energized. They had more courage than they ever had before. Why? Sharing faith. Sharing the truth of the word of God, it energizes, it tightens the belt. We become strong, tight. You know, the loins is where a strength is. It's where your strength is. So think about it. Sharing Jesus with others deepens our faith. and tightens the belt of truth around the waist of the church. We got to tighten this belt. The enemy's pulling at the belt. He's pulling at it. He's pulling at it. He wants to pull it away from us. He wants it to become loosened. He wants there to be a, he wants there to be a dichotomy between what, what, we, what the word of God says and how we live. He wants that to be loosened. The Lord says to us today, I want you to tighten the belt of truth because the enemy's pulling it. Here's the second thing, and I'll, I'll close with this, and that's this. The belt of truth not only must be tightened, we've got to trust the belt of truth. 
We've got to tighten it, but we've got to trust it. Listen, this is reliable. The word of God is reliable. The word of God is unchangeable. How do we trust it? We trust the belt by allowing it to build conviction in our hearts. What is a conviction? A conviction is a firm, fixed belief. The word of God wants to impart to us convictions, firm and unwavering beliefs, things that we would not, things that we believe and will die for. The word of God will do that. Very few Christians, I think, as I, as I talk to Christians, I don't see a lot of Christians that really understand that truth. And I, I was going to go through some doctrinal things here. I won't, won't do that. But when we trust the belt of truth, what it does, it builds conviction, but it also inspires us. We're inspired by the promises in the book. The belt of truth inspires us. Truth brings faith to us. He says in John, Jesus said, I wrote, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God. When I read the Word of God, faith is strengthened. We can trust it to, bring, to build convictions about marriage and who God really is. And how we're supposed to live. We can be clear on those issues. We have a world that's not clear. We, have a, we used to have a society. Not everyone was saved. But there was a Christian mindset. Even within the nation. We've totally lost that now. We need to be clear on our convictions. We need to be inspired by the promises. But we need to be guided by its moral teaching. When we trust the belt of truth. It's like this. Uh, it's a lamp to our feet. And a light to our path. It's like the psalmist where I, I did a devotion this week, lead me in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. The Lord says to us today as a church, we've got to tighten the belt of truth. I want you to stand as I conclude. Tori, if you would join me. Kinsey, if you'd join me. We're going to have a prayer to conclude today. Now I want to once again, please be back with us next week. I know all of our vacation folks are going to be back. Some that are out of town will be back. This will, it'll be full next week. We'll put some chairs out. And it's going to be an amazing time. Here's what's going to happen. When, you, when we as a church, when we tighten this belt of truth, it's going to empower our church. It's going to empower our lives. You put the word of God in your heart and you begin to act in faith and live out obedient you, be, you build a powerful life. Here's what it says in 1 John 2.12. It says the young man are strong because the word of God abides in them. Word of God makes a person strong. I've never met a strong Christian ever in my whole, whole life that was weak in the word of God. Two things. Weak in the word of God or weak in prayer. They're just weak. But the word of God makes powerful Christians. Here's another thing it does. This belt of truth is going to equip you. When Paul was talking about the inspired scripture, he said it equips us for every good work. When we know the word of God, we're able to teach a kid's class. We're able to lead a Bible study. We're able to lead a home group. We're able to lead because we're equipped. We know who we are. We know who Jesus is. We know what he's called us to do. We become equipped. The word of God gives us wisdom, not only what to do, but how to do it. The belt of truth tightened equips us. The belt of truth tightened also encourages us. We need encouragement. A lot of discouragement. But you get in, the, I just challenge you, get in the word of God, go home today, spend 30 minutes just meditating on the word. Put a little soft music on or no music 
and just begin to meditate on the Word of God, you're going to find encouragement. You're going to find the belt is tightened in our lives. And isn't it amazing how, it's really amazing how you say, well, you search the Word of God, but the truth is the Word of God searches you. You say, I'm going to search the Word, and God says, no, I'm going to search you. And as you tighten that belt up, as you read the Word, as you meditate the Word and the truth, all of a sudden, there's things that, well, I need to get that out, I need to get this out, I, I need, and, and, and you begin, it starts cutting away things from our lives. I think this morning our prayer is really a corporate prayer. And Lord, just let us be a church of the Word of God. I refuse to compromise the Word of God. I refuse to go with the liberalism of the world. We, whatever it costs, let's tighten this belt. Let's don't, let's don't let the enemy pull it away from us. Amen, guys and ladies and gentlemen? Let's hold on to God's Word. So here's our prayer. My prayer is that you, you will pray this, and I will pray that, that we will all do our part in tightening the belt. That I'm going to be a Christian in this church at Trinity Life. I'm going to study the Word of God. I'm going to share God's love with others. I'm going to become that strong Christian. Because if you're stronger, we're all stronger. How many know the stronger pastor is in the Word of God, the stronger the church is? If the pastor's weak in the Word, church is going to be weak in the Word. So I want to become stronger for you. But you should want to become stronger for me and for all of us. We're in this amazing battle, and the enemy wants to pull this away from us. Let's don't let him do it. Let's pray today. Lord, we pray over this belt of truth. And Lord, we not only want to disseminate truth and preach truth, but Father, we want to live out this with sincere hearts of love and mercy. We want to obey you. And Lord, we do stumble at times. But Lord, we get back up and tighten the belt. We come to you. We ask you for your mercy, your grace, and your love. We ask you for your cleansing. And we tighten that belt again. Lord, help us to know truth, but Lord, help us to live the truth we know. Truthfulness, faithfulness, sincerity, honesty, obedience. Let's pray together. Father, we ask today, help us all to do our part to build the church here. Lord, I believe there's amazing things that are ahead for us. There's amazing miracles. There's amazing moves of God. There's amazing salvations. There's amazing healings. There's amazing mighty outpourings of the Holy Spirit. Help us to be a church that clings to the belt of truth. Help us to be a church that tightens that belt. Help us to be a church that says to the enemy, you will not loosen this belt from us. But we, as Paul said, stand therefore, gird your loins up. Oh God, we cling to your love and mercy. We cling to the truth that Jesus is the only way of salvation. We cling to the truth that there is a heaven, there is a hell. We cling to the truth that you called us, that without holiness, no one will see the Lord. We cling to the truth that you told us to love one another as you've loved us. You've told us to share the gospel with others. And so, Father, we ask today that all of us together... No one person, not even a preacher can do this. It takes all the body. Oh, hear us today. Hear us today. One more moment as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. If you're here today and you've never been saved or you once walked with God, but you are not walking with Him, 
And maybe you say, I need to get right with Jesus today. I need to come to Jesus today. There's some things in my heart that I need to give to him. The belt has been loosened in my walk. And there's truths I'm not living. And the Holy Spirit is speaking with me today. Pastor, please pray for me before you leave. As our heads are bowed in this private moment, I want to see your hand. Who am I praying for this morning? Who am I praying for this morning? Pray for me, Pastor. God bless you here. Are there others? Pray for me. Pastor, pray for me. God bless you. I see your hand here. Pray for me. Anyone else? We're almost done. The Holy Spirit has spoken. Now, those that raised your hand, and I believe there's several others that needed to, what you need to do is, first of all, you need to repent. That means to turn away from sin. Ask the Lord to forgive you, to cleanse you, and sincerely make a commitment to obey Him, and He will help you. It's not willpower, but it's Holy Spirit power. So, Father, I pray for these that have raised their hand. I pray they will pray a prayer like this. Lord, I turn away from that which you have spoken to me that is wrong. I confess it to you. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to empower me to to live out the truth that you've spoken to me. Lord, I know I can't do it on my own. It's not about willpower, but it's about trusting you to give me the strength. For as Paul said, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I pray the Lord would strengthen you as you read the truth today, this week, that your belt, that belt will be tightened, you'll be strong, and you'll be back next week to get closer to him. And for this we ask in Jesus' name. Now, church, I pray this prayer. I pray the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And all God's people said amen. I love you, church. God bless you.